runs through my veins Wake up in the morning, think of the game We don't do it, we don't do it for the fame We just do it, we just do it for the game When we play, yeah, you know we shut it down Hit the ice all day until the sun is down All the bunnies looking when we come around Yeah, yeah, you know that we run the town My life started on the R ice Long days and lots of long nights This is my sacrifice They don't know what it's a law like This is junior hockey law life Welcome to junior hockey life Beauties and Bunnies, welcome to episode 7 of Junior Hockey Life. Uh, my name is Savannah Valente. I'm here with my co-host, Brendan Jones. Jonesy, how are you? Good, man. Just uh, watching some March Madness here. A um, little bit upset. My my Loyola, Loyola Chicago team lost earlier. It's kind of rooting for them, but uh, Michigan's still in, so I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm hoping that the Oral Roberts team can pull it off. Again, tonight they're the 15 seed, so hoping they can pull it off. They're playing a two seed, so we'll see what happens. But um, other than that, just hanging out and enjoying the day. Good stuff, yeah. So do you do you have a bracket or anything for the uh, oh, March Madness? As soon as the Oral Roberts team won the first round, my, like my bracket went down the shit. Or like, I think I'm, I was ranked like, right now I'm ranked like 19,000th place out of how many brackets. I'm not even like... It's terrible, but uh, just enjoying the basketball. It's, it's the only basketball that I ever really watch anyway, but um, hoping they can pull off another upset. It'd be kind of crazy story if a 15 seed can keep her going, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I think I have Gonzaga going right. I think I have them winning the championship. I did a bracket. I don't really watch a lot of uh, March Madness, but I did a bracket just for shits, and I had them and Baylor in the finals. Yeah, but... I have... Uh... I have Gonzaga and uh, Gonzaga and Houston in the final. I have Gonzaga winning. Yeah, I have Gonzaga winning too. So hopefully for fucking both of our sakes, they yeah. end up coming through. But um, it was uh, it was tough not to pick Michigan to win it, but uh, without their best player, I, I don't think they'll be able to get it done. But who knows? We'll see. They're playing. Uh, I believe they play tomorrow. So yeah, um, I've got them. I've got them meeting uh, Gonzaga in the semifinals. Yeah, same, with, fucking, yeah, same yeah. with me. Yeah, same with me. I had Ohio State going to the Final Four on the other side, but Oral Roberts had different <laughs> plans, so kind of fucked me there. But, uh, but other than that, I'm just enjoying. I'm not really paying too much attention to my bracket anymore. So yeah, could you imagine like any bracket whatsoever just winning it? Like, the, could you imagine being that fucking winner? Like, I just feel like my dick is the biggest thing in the world. Like, <laughs> there like... was a kid like uh, I saw. He's probably like 12 years old, like years ago. And, like, he almost had, like, a perfect bracket. He was, like, 12 years old. I was like, how the fuck does this kid, like... <laughs> but I don't think I've ever seen a perfect bracket. I mean, it, it'd be so tough to, like, pick the upsets. And I think you got to even, like, pick, like, the like the final score even, too. Like Yeah. The only way you can win a bracket is if you're a fucking time traveler. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I fucking got a haircut today, too. And they fucking kind of scalped me, but... Um, <laughs> It was good to get the fucking long hair. Summer's coming, so yeah. got to shed a few pounds. So yeah, some people do it through their hair. Some two people do it to the gym, and uh, <laughs> I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a hair guy as well. Yeah. <laughs> um. So today we've got Jack Sanko on uh, on our episode. 
Uh, we'll be speaking with Jack in, sh in shortly. I just want to let's go over his stats a little bit here. Um, Jonesy? <laughs> yeah, for Sank Baby, we have uh, for his first year with Essex, he played 36 games and 19 points, and he got called up to play with Limo for a game. He had one assist that year. And then the 18-19 season, 23 games played, eight points. He must have been hurt or something maybe that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, – he was in and out of the line. I think it was either an injury or he might have got suspended a couple times that season too. Wouldn't surprise me. Baby. <laughs> Getting in there, he's always – he's that guy where you, like, you hate to play against him, but you love to have on your team. So. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I remember when I went to, to Amherstburg after getting like shipped that year, last year fucking he was the first guy taking runs at me on that yeah. team like yeah but love the guy he's been a good good buddy of mine for a while he had a decent amount of pims too he had he had 131 in his first year 85 in his second year and 144 in his third year so yeah <laughs> definitely a guy that he loved to sit in the box but uh yeah in his last year his most recent year 36 games played for 30 points so good junior c career for sanks um I knew his brother a little bit when he played Limo, saying Daddy. Um, <laughs> Daddy Sank. Yeah, they're, uh, they're both good guys, and I'm excited to uh, talk to Jack today. And now we'll pass it over to Sanks. Here we got Jack Sanko of the Essex 73s. Sanks, how you doing? Good, boys. What's going on, Jonesy? So? Not a whole lot. Just hanging out. <laughs> we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come out on the podcast. Uh, we're going to get right into it here, and we're going to ask a little bit about uh, your transition to minor, from minor to uh, junior. Uh, what was it like? I know you were a little bit older when you actually ended up starting junior hockey. How was that uh, transition like? Uh, I think it went pretty smooth. I mean, I went from playing in AA on one of the bottom teams in the league every year to uh, going right to the top team in Essex. I mean, we were loaded that year, too. We had so many puzzle pieces, and it, it all worked out kind of. I, I tried out for Aberg the year before, and uh, they took AJ over me. So I went back to Major Midget, and it was kind of a blessing in disguise. I mean, I get to go to Essex the year after, which obviously I would have wanted. But, um, yeah, tough call by the Aberg GM, one-year guy to a four-year guy. See if that one – see how that one paid off for him. But it was pretty good. I felt like it was smooth. We, uh, we had a great team in Essex the first year. It was uh, just – Easy transition, I think. Yeah. it's uh, So how was your rookie year in total? Like, kind of describe how your year went in your well, eyes. It was good. I mean, I kind of found myself at the bottom, the bottom half of the team as a, kind of a role player. But I got to play with really good line mates with uh, Rinker and uh, Cody Leeming. So Lem and Rinker really taught me a lot. And uh, – yeah, it was it was good though. We we were kind of the grinding role. We played that fourth line checking in your face. We uh we never really gave up on anything and we're always the we were always the line to go out after the other team scored a goal, you know, or if our team scored a goal, we we were the line going out making sure uh things were kept under control, going well, you know. Yeah, so I was actually that was kind of leading into my next question. I was going to ask uh, who was one of the guys you looked up to, but I know for a fact definitely Cody Leeming was one of those guys, but who are some other of the guys that you uh, kind of looked up to? Um, yeah, Lem was for sure. I mean, he didn't have, he didn't wear a letter in his final year, but in my eyes, he's the captain in that team. Like he was, he really showed like he, he he had a professional mentality about him, where he came to the rink and it was all business, and 
he really showed you how to play. Even though it was junior, he showed you what it was like to be a hockey player, you know, and I really kind of modeled myself after that. And I took that away from him where uh, I came to the rink after that. And I was like, okay, this is business. I'm, uh, I'm here for a reason and I know what it is, you know, but other, other guys on the team, like um, even like Crystal and Zelks and Stads, like they really, they really paved the path for the next generation of hockey players in Essex. Like it's, they really showed you what it was like to be a leader and what it was like to be a three. So I think those three really stood out to me in my first year for sure. Yeah. And with Cody leaving, I kind of remember like when I first started getting into junior hockey tryouts and stuff, he was, uh, he was my partner in one of the Leamington skates on D and I kind of like, we were kind of fucking around or like not fucking around, but you know, we were kind of like shooting the shit the whole game. And like, that was kind of my first memory of Lem. And then I ended up coming down after getting sent down from S or uh, Limo to Essex. And he was there and it was kind of nice to see a, a, a friendly face, but yeah, those are yeah. definitely good guys to look up to for sure. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so what would you say would be your, uh, welcome to the jungle moment? Like what was your, did you get hit hard or someone? Actually, you? actually. Yeah. I, um, so yeah, you know, Clowder, Matt McLeod, he, uh, it was my second game in the league. We went to Dresden and we ended up winning six, six, two or something in the game. But first period goes out. I get my first assist in the league to Clowder across the, across the slot, one timer goal. And then right after I followed it up by a head contact penalty. So I was out for 12 minutes. So that kind of blew, but then second period comes, I think it's one, one or two, one going in the second for us. You take a head contact penalty. You're out for 12 minutes. And then, uh, and then I don't know, I, that was the game that Gesh got uh, three shorthanded goals in the game. So we put up, we put up, yeah, we put up a couple in the second and we went into the third. It was five, two, and it was kind of getting chippy. You could tell. And there was like three or four minutes left in the game and I came around the net in the ozone and big kid on D I think it was uh Alex Hall I think he was like 6'3 220 just a solid kid on Dresden he comes and just rocks me lays me out and like you know that time like it didn't hurt I mean you get up but you're on the ground and you feel it and you just get pissed you're like oh my god I'm gonna get up and kill this guy right yeah and I get up like I kind of get up and I'm mad and I look over and Clouds has got the guy, gloves off, just going toe to toe with him. And I was like, no way. Like, I picked up his gloves for him and helmet after. I brought him into the room. And I was like, hey, thanks, man. He's like, yep, one and done for the year. Thanks. That's all I got. That's all I got for me. <laughs> this is the fucking. This what is a junk. character. But it was, yeah. just, it was just something where, like, I never really had that before in, uh, in minor hockey, where, uh, I mean, no one, no one really would stick up for you like that in terms like that. And right when you come to junior, it's like a different mentality. It's a different game almost. And the boys got your back, you know, it. and I love Clowder's my stallmate there too. So it kind of was just like, Hey, you're my boy. I got you. You got me. And like, he was there for everyone too. So yeah. that was kind of my welcome to the league moment. That was pretty sick. Yeah. It's definitely something seeing two guys go tilt like head to head, like in, like on the ice with them for the first yeah, time. Like sure. obviously in minor hockey, there's these little fights that you'll get, but in junior, like the, the boys go full tilt. Oh yeah. So it's, and it's I, two I, grown men. I think Clowder fell on top of them too. So if it was, if it was a decision, it was definitely Clowder on top. So <laughs> give him that one. Yeah. You definitely, uh, you definitely feel the closeness of the boys. Like I remember, 
actually it was my first year after my first cruise we came back and we played against Amherstburg and this is when Scotty and uh all of them were on the team and yeah, what a team oh. yeah oh that was a fucking that was a gross squad but uh Scotty was he just got the puck and like all our legs are dead like we just got back from the you know how it is Shanks. Yeah, like, oh yeah even Jonesy you know the couple. next day the next couple of days after the cruise it's just like you're fucking walking around like a zombie mm-hmm. um but yeah so Scotty's like he got a pass in the offensive zone, but Dean Patterson, who's a fucking six foot four, six foot five guy oh, yeah. on Amherstburg, he comes in and just fucking crushes Scotty. And like, I was like, it was just after getting like, you know, you just got all with all the boys, you're with them for three days straight, fucking party and have a fun time. And like, you're all really close. And then you see someone do that and like, go hit your buddy. I literally, I'm not even kidding. I skated from our like goal line all the way to their blue line just to fight this guy and i fucking yeah. i didn't win the fight because he's like just so much bigger than me but <laughs> it's the thought that counts and scotty yeah for it. sure yeah for sure having your teammates back like that and one of the veteran guys like scotty come on you gotta drop a glove yeah definitely shows some respect for him for sure. for sure sure what would you say was your favorite junior moment my favorite junior moment Oh, God, there's a lot of them. I would say the cruise, but, I mean, everyone says the cruise. A little hockey-related moment. I think uh, I think I got two of them here. Um, one was in the playoffs in my first year. Lem, uh, it was me, Lem, and Rinker on our second power play unit. And Lem, it was the one shift in the second period or something. Lem goes, has the puck on the half wall. He throws it up to G at the top, and G dusts a shot into the logo or something. And... I look at Lem, we get on the bench after the shift and I look at Lem and I go, Hey, um, if you come down low to me, like walk in three steps and I'll feed you and you can hit that one timer. Cause we always practice one timers after every practice, like he would make me stay out and Hey, feed me one timers. Let's go. Cause I was a rookie and he was kind of the big boy on the team. So I was, I always did it for him. But, uh, so I said it to him, I said, Hey, like if you throw that down to me, walk in a couple steps, I'll find you and you can rip that thing. Now, I don't know if it was next shift or like we go on a power play right away. And it was like, whoa, we're back out here already. Same plays. Lem has it on the half wall, throws it down low this time, walks in three steps. I feed it back in his wheelhouse and he just buries it short side. And it was like, wow, that was sick. We called our shot. We got to the bench. We were, I still got a picture on my fridge right now of the boy selling in after together. It was sick, but that was one of them. And uh, probably another one, my favorite moments was just like, that whole Wheatley series last year, I mean, we went down two games at the start. And then, uh, like, game three, I think we won one nothing back in our barn. Game four was there. I made a drop pass to Corpy. Corpy scores. We go up 2-1, and we end up winning 4-1 on an empty net or something. And then – but I think game five was probably my uh, – another one of my favorite moments. We, it was a tie game, 1-1, and it was looking like it was going into overtime, like, last minute of the third period. Kind of just puckles in their end, and – I don't know. It kind of just found me in the slot. I lifted a guy's stick and it was on my back and I just shoveled the back end of the net and it went in and like crazy. The crowd went wild. 18 seconds left. The boys went up. Uh, I think the boys went, yeah, the boys went up three, two in that series then. And it was just like, we got in the locker room and I got the bucket on and it, that was, that was one of the moments I'll never forget. So I can take us back to 2019 playoffs game one against Amherstburg when Amherstburg scored in overtime. And everyone got off the ice except for you. You fucking oh, knew yeah. that it wasn't a goal. You were like, nope, this, this fucking game's not over. Everyone's yeah, yeah, yeah. the only guy still on the ice. Like, 
what they like, um, how are you so sure that like that that game was not and like, not over um it was it was overtime then so it was our first ot there but campbell it, the puck came on the left wall and i don't know i was chipping it in and travis campbell came over and he like kind of speared me he kind of just gave me a little nut shot like his stick was between my legs and he just kind of lifted up and right when I do right when someone does that to me, like I'm going down and I'm yelling, right? Like it's overtime. You're going to get a penalty for that for sure. There's no chance I'm going to let that slide. Right. So I go down, I go, ah, and then the ref looks at me and I looked at the linesman. And I was like, are you kidding me or something? I screamed at him on the ground and the ref goes, I got it. I got it. And I was like, all right. Like he's got it. So anyways, <laughs> the play continues on because like, the linesman can't blow the whistle. So mm-hmm. the play continues on and I don't know. Somehow RD steps up at the line. It might have even been you, so I don't know. No, I was out that game. I was out. I was out. I was in the press conference that or press uh, box that game. But uh, one of the D steps up. I get on like a two on one, and Broda Malosh puts through my triangle, feeds it back door, and I think Campbell gets the game winner, and it's a tap on his back door. And I was like, I everyone on our bench, like half the bench gets off. And I started screaming at the ref, like, I'm like, ref, did you, you saw that? Like, I'm, I can't even put words in my mouth. I was, I was so hot. My face was so red. But I skated as hard as I can back to the bench. And, uh, like, Gil, uh, Gil Langlois was our coach then. He looks at me, he goes, hey, what's going on? I was like, this is I can't even get words out. And I skate back to the dressing room because half the boys are in the dressing room. And I wheel through, like, I wheel uh, off the ice, five steps, look left, and it's down the hallway. And I see Owen Myrink, and he's got his top half of his gear off. And I just scream, like, it's not over. It's not over. <laughs> and then we get back on the ice. By the time I step back on the ice, the official blows it. No goal. Campbell goes to the box for four minutes. And then I'm pretty sure Gesh ended up uh, getting the winner in overtime, the second OT. It was crazy, though. That was that was such a controversial moment. And like, yeah, that, it was. Well. Campbell, Campbell probably will never for, forgive me for that. But, I mean, <laughs> you do do what you can for the boys on your team, right? I'm not going for Amsburg, so. But uh, it was pretty cool because crowds came up to me after. And crowds was like, Sank, you won that game for your team. And I was like. Oh, yeah, 100%. Hey, that, that was my coach from the year before. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a pretty sick moment, too, you know. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. I remember watching that all happen. Like I was making my way down to the to the room with the boys because I was like, fuck, like we just lost. And then like I think I remember seeing you run in. You're just like, it's not oh, yeah. fucking over. Like yeah, and all the boys cool. got like dressed back like as quick yeah. as possible, ran onto the ice and we end up winning the game. It was absolutely wild. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think was that. I don't know if that was game one, but I guess it's a pivotal game yeah, in the series too, right? Ended up sweeping them after. Yeah, we swept them. Yeah, yeah, we did. We went, yeah, tough one for uh, <laughs> tough one for Campbell and the Admirals there for sure. Then we end up getting what four one by Lakeshore in the play or in the finals, anyways. Oh like. yeah, don't remind, <laughs> me, don't remind me of that, bro. Fuck. Unbelievable. So in your second year after, well, actually, let's talk a little bit about rookie party. I wanna. I want to know from your standpoint how you thought about it, like, because when we were pl- when we were rookies, it was kind of like a lot of the older guys were still in the league. Like mm-hmm. nowadays, like you got like the two the late two thousands are fucking becoming vets now. Like yeah. it's kind of getting. But what was your rookie party experience like? Keep it PG. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, our rookie party that year was at uh, Wyatt O'Neill's house, and 
uh, we went there. It was it was in the middle of winter, I think. It was freezing cold. Yeah. Nobody. Uh, the barn had holes in it too, so the barn was just as cold as outside. And we rented a barn was, heater though, eh? We yeah, rented the barn that, heater. Yeah, Still yeah, yeah. yeah. No. You had that barn heater. Well, there, you know, the tubes that were attached to that. Yeah. They were pumping in hot air to the party, and at one point, I'm sitting in the tube. My full body's in the tube, and. I look over and why it's in the other tube and we're just standing there. We're freezing, but we were dressed up all in whatever skirts and whatever. But, uh, yeah, rookie party was, I mean, you don't really remember much. You kind of get uh, a little bit uh, sauce <laughs> there, but yeah. I mean, I went, I think I went 14 out of the 15 cups on the cup game. And I Oof. swear to God, while I was drinking these, I swear to God, I was thinking these motherfuckers didn't put my number under here. Like there's no chance. And I'm, I was, <laughs> so upset but i was just drinking them and puking and drinking them and puking like they put the worst stuff in there like ketchup mustard and tequila and like you just <laughs> the worst combinations of stuff was all in the cups and yeah I, I i had a tough night that night but it was fun it builds character right so. yeah i think i may have brought this up uh on an earlier podcast jonesy correct me if i'm wrong about the tampon yeah yeah so i brought up the fact because a lot of the boys have like said oh like you know i had to do the tampon thing and like obviously you guys did too but you impressed the fuck out of everybody because oh yeah like you you're a big caesar guy right oh for sure like if i i could start a night off with the caesar no problem and everyone else all the rookies on our team hated them too so (laughs) i i was i was going into that uh competition a favorite for sure but i remember i'm looking over during the competition and it's getting hard for me, and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to finish it. I'm, like, three-quarters of the way done. I look over, all the boys have taken, like, one sip. I'm like, oh, God, I could have won 30 <laughs> seconds ago. But it was good. I let Nothing better than just being a junior hockey player and going to the parties with all the boys. Come on. It doesn't yeah, get any better than that. Definitely the best part about playing, uh, especially our level, junior. Like, junior C, it's you're not mm-hmm. – like, you're still looking to be good and, like, perform, mm-hmm. but – it's a lot more based on like, like get all the boys together, relationships, like kind of thing like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going into your second year, kind of take us through how it was from being a rookie to being a now considered vet. Yeah. Um. So after our first year, crowd stepped down and they brought in Gil Langlois, the coach. And I mean, it wasn't bad. I thought, uh, I thought the first year in Essex, we should have won. The set, but I think we kind of got a little bit out coached in the finals there. I thought we had the we had the right pieces to win that year, and it just didn't work out. And then the second year, I think it was kind of a mixture of being a little bit out coached and just not having all the horses. I mean, having uh, having Zelks and uh, who else? Having Zelks and Jeez, Crystal. I, I guess Crystal and Lemon Boogs are ninety sixes. Yeah. So, but having those pieces just gone, I mean. I thought we didn't have as much depth as we needed to that year, but just the same result, man, going into the finals and losing again to Lakeshore. Like they picked up some guys at the deadline too. Like they got Parker Jacques and fucking Nimmo. And I think they even got Tomsey and Scully that year too. Like yeah, they, they were, got Richie too, I think too, right? No, that was, that was the year, Is that after. The next year after. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're just a fucking wagon. They just grab players and they, you think you're going to beat them. And then all of a sudden they fucking get three, four more guys. And you're like, God damn it. You know, like, but uh, overall I thought uh, it was kind of a little bit of a breakout year for me. I thought I played well. I thought I kind of earned a little more, uh, 
a little more like positioning in the lineup, whereas I, I'm not a third, fourth line guy anymore. I was kind of getting more looks from uh, Gill, but at the same time, they were throwing out the top line, that uh, Stads, Vieira, and Popey line, albeit they had 60 points each or whatever, but <laughs> I mean, it, it was tough getting uh, getting the looks you wanted to really thrive and in the role you kind of, I wanted to play for myself. So it wasn't bad though. I mean, the crew still was sick. We had such a good time and I don't know, nothing, nothing else really. I mean, there, I thought there was a couple moves in our second year where, uh, where either we didn't have to make them or we didn't acquire guys that we should have, but I mean, that's up to management, not me. So that's how it went. Second year, your second year, I think, is the year that when we were on the cruise, I told this earlier on one of the other podcasts that uh, I was out one day after like a rough day, like having fun with the boys. I was like out at like 1030 or something. And then you wake me up and you're like, so so you got to get up like we got to go. Like, what, what was that about? You remember that moment? Uh, yeah, the cruise? Yeah, I remember you were sleeping. I came in your room, your sheets out and. He's because he went so hard during the day on the beach, probably. But I mean, I, yeah, I just came in. I said, "Hey, so like, I, th- I think it was our last day, wasn't it?" I was it like, was hey, our last so, day. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, so this is our last day. It's, it's, you never know what could happen. Like, you never know if you're gonna be here next year. You never know if I'm gonna be. Like, this is their last time. The boys are on the boat this year together. We're going. Let's go get up. So I got, I got yeah, I got you out of the sheets, and uh, we had we had a good time that night for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that year was the one that I met that uh, that firefighter, that uh, female firefighter. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, your second year was definitely one of your breakout years. Uh, kind of leading into your third year, which you know you ended up getting an A on your jersey. How'd that feel? And you know what was that uh, like to you? Yeah, I mean, it was nice to get a little bit of recognition, and uh, the third year was good. I mean, we had a whole new coaching staff come in with Danny, and uh, I mean, Chatty was still there, but having Dally on the bench really kind of changed things up, and I think it was a little bit of a change that the boys needed. We went from kind of an old-school coach in Gill to a straight out of the straight out of University of Windsor Danny. Like, he's coming out just full fire, and um, it was good. He came in with a lot of new concepts, and I think the boys really bought in for him, and we just we just didn't have the horses that year. I mean, I don't think we got outcoached at all. I think it's I think it was just a matter of not having the depth and truly honest to making moves that we shouldn't have made. But that uh, I mean, I knew Danny and Stevie, our GM at the time, were not really on the full same page, and it kind of kept uh, escalating throughout the year. Whereas we should have got. Uh, I don't know, just a couple of decisions that were made that I kind of shook my head at. Even one, like, for example, for you, like, they traded you to Amherstburg, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, this guy's a fucking, he's a leader in the room. Maybe he's not your number one D, but, like, this is a guy you want in playoffs. You don't want him during the during the season. I don't know. It's just, it was, it was tough. It was tough. And you having Clowder get cut at the start of the year, too, from, I mean, Clowder had a, bad foot so he missed one of our fitness testings you remember that day don't you yeah it run yeah. three miles or something and clowder's ankle was all busted up so clowder couldn't go and that was kind of the last straw for danny i think where danny just said uh like oh we're, we're done with you you're we're cutting you and that one that one i really was upset with just because 
Clouds was such a big part of our team. Like Clouds was there a year before I was there. He won the league with you guys in his first year. And like, he was the type of guy that stuck up for everyone. And in the playoffs, like kids were scared to play against him, you know, like 235 pound Matt McLeod, six foot two, like he's a monster on the ice and he sticks up for the boys. And he really, he really played a simple game, but I think he just got off to a tough start in that third, in my third year there. And Danny was just kind of looking in different directions and they kind of just, they didn't give him the benefit of the doubt of being there for three years and being a veteran guy, just like yourself. I mean, they didn't really give you much rope. And I think it proved in, in the playoffs, like in that Lakeshore series, like we just didn't have the depth. We didn't have the toughness to play against them. And you and Cloud are two huge parts where like, Hey, we were here and then he got rid of us, you know, like we yeah. could have, we could have made that difference. But yeah, I remember uh, in fit- yeah in fitness testing. Speaking of that, like he had that fucked up ankle, and at the same time, I think I had that's when I had that fucking cyst right above my ass. Yeah, <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. that, was, that uh, yeah, and I did. I didn't want it because I thought once I saw Clowder go through that, and like he was like, "Oh yeah, I can't do whatever," and then they cut him. I'm like, "Fuck!" Like here we go now because I got a fucking cyst on my ass. Like you can't do anything. <laughs> I'm gonna get yeah, cut exactly. too, but. They did give me the benefit of the doubt at first, and then they kind of like, you know. They gave you it for a little, not a, not long enough though. No. But even even a couple more moves that I'm just thinking of that they keep coming back to me, like that Trevor Klee from a he was from the states and he was our one states kid, and we yeah. gave him to we gave him to Amherstburg for hardly anything. I think we got yeah. Ty Moss out of him, but Ty couldn't play in the playoffs, and then he kind of just like vanished from the team and. Like, we got rid of him for nothing at that point, you know? Like, Trevor Klee was a very skilled defenseman where that's the position that we were lacking last year. We needed defense, you know? So, yeah, just a couple more. And there was there was a couple people that came up at the deadline where it was like, hey, that, that Keir Cummings and Brendan Ritchie and Josh Tellerico, there was kids that were, we were like, oh, these ones could be good for us. These ones, this, this looks good. This looks good. And they just never pulled the trigger on any of them. And, I mean, it – it turned out how you would expect. We didn't, we didn't win. We didn't even make the finals that year. So it's definitely, uh, it's, it's tough. There's a lot of things that go on, especially being on one of the better teams, like being on any of those top four teams in the league, there's a lot of intangibles that go along with like being on that team. Like you got to earn your spot every night. You got to be there like, or else you will get traded. And there's, there's mm-hmm. guys willing to, you know, fill your spot. So that's definitely one thing you got to be careful about in uh, in that league. But um, how uh, this is kind of a big subject right now that's going on. Um, a lot of the the leagues are talking about it. Like a lot of players are talking about it. Um, the 99s, which is me and you, Sanks, we got fucked out of our OA year. Now I know it was due to Hockey Canada because they said. Uh, something about like you can't have 22 year olds playing against 16 year olds. I think it was too big yeah. of a stretch. Um, what's your opinion on that? Let's hear it. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it noticed. I mean, it's such a tough topic because you, we really can't do much. This petition's going around right now and it should have came out two months ago before the decision was made, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying not to dwell on it much and just kind of look forward and what's ahead of the future for me. But um yeah, man, it sucks. I was I was really looking forward to this year, and it was it, it's it hurt a little more because the whole time I'm hearing it from coach and GM and even like uh, people who work for the league, like they're saying, oh yeah, it's it's most likely gonna happen. You're most likely gonna get that extra year, and yeah, yeah, probably, probably. And it's like 
you you just strung us along for six eight months and then you lay a bomb on us like that and it was yeah it was a tough one to swallow i got the call from paley that morning and like right away he's like hey thanks what's going on i was like hey pales how are you and he's like well i'm not calling you with good news thanks and i was like right then and there i knew it i was like fuck me and like yeah a couple tears were shed that day but you know i'm just trying not to dwell on it and think about it much i mean that team in Essex, like, I, I was super, super confident that we were going to be the top team in this league this year. But um, either way, that the Essex 73's 010203 group is so skilled and so uh, so dedicated to being a good hockey team and bringing a championship back that I have no doubt in my mind that Essex is going to run this thing for the next three, four years. Like, there's no question. So, thanks. What would you tell rookie sank with what you know now at like the end of your career um yeah it's a tough one I mean I think just be confident in your game and who you are come to the rink prepared and I'm not saying I never did any of that I just I think uh I think just playing every game like it's your last like when you come into the league everyone says uh hey like you you'll blink and this will go by you'll be out of the league and you never really think about it much and you kind of almost take things for granted where you're like, oh, it's a bus trip on a Friday night. But like, dude, I would kill to go on another bus trip on a Friday night. You know, like it's just, uh, yeah, just don't take any moment for granted in the league and don't miss any opportunities like any, uh, I don't know, team events, team parties, you know, just be there and be for the boys always. I mean, it's just, it sucks. It goes by so fast and you can't play like the NHL. You can't play there for 20 years. You only get through four or five years in the league. So yeah, just, I would say be confident in who you are and uh, try to play every game. Like it's your last, every shift, every, every practice, everything, just give it a hundred percent. And Another one would be, what is your favorite cruise memory that is appropriate for our listeners? <laughs> Oh God, there's so many things going through my brain when you asked me that. Um, I don't know. I There's a couple of good ones that I probably wouldn't be able to say, but um, I think probably my first year when uh, we went to Nassau, we stop in Nassau and you get off the boat, you walk down that main strip, like downtown Nassau, and all the boys are just full on on the same page. We're flooring it today. Like we're getting in one. So you go into this like local uh liquor store and all the boys just stock up whatever you can get fill your arms kind of thing and then you start to walk to the beach either you get a walk or you get the taxi on the way back but we walked there I think the first year and we get to the beach dude it was so much fun and I think uh, one thing that kind of stood out to me was we sang oh Canada on the beach like all the boys huddled up and like we're pouring like it felt like we're pouring champagne but we're just pouring warm beer on each other we're shaking (laughs) them up and spraying them at everyone but it was just that like moment where it was like everyone started singing and I was like what is going on and apparently it's a tradition and it happens every year and I had no clue about it but people are walking by on the beach looking at a group of 23 guys just pouring beer on themselves singing oh Canada like what's going on here but yeah, it, it, that was that was one of the probably one of my favorites. Another one that's probably pretty appropriate for here is uh, just the boys in the casino. In my third year, still we had a lot of memories in the casino. Yep. Oh yeah. We could we could talk about that wallet situation here. Oh yeah, bring that up actually. All right. So me and Sil, I, I think it was this last night that I woke you up. We went right to the casino. 
it might have been right after that. So I we were standing behind a, a roulette table, or maybe it was a blackjack table. I don't know. But there's a couple guys ahead of us, and I think they're on like a bachelor party. And this guy drops his wallet, and he's betting big money on the table too. Like you could tell like he's huge. Loaded. He's betting huge money, like almost a thousand bucks a hand. Like he's throwing everything. I, me and Sill are sitting there fucking in awe. We're like, oh my god, this guy's so loaded. But anyways, his wallet. We look down, and like Sill kind of taps me. I tap him. And look down, and his wallet's on the ground. And there's like, so I pick it up. I go down, pick it up right away, and I look inside of it. There's like. I don't know, five grand, all hundred dollar bills, like just flooded with cash. And that's the time in your life where you got to either go with the devil or the little angel on your shoulder. And you're like, Oh, do I take it? I'm in the casino. There's a lot of cameras, but uh, no, I, I, I didn't Me and we, we chose, we were going to give it back to him. So I tap him on his shoulder. I'm like, Hey bro, you forgot your wallet. And he's just like, Oh yeah, thanks. I'm like, that was it. And I was like, are you fucking me? Like, are you going to give me a hundred bones? Like, that would, that would go a long fucking way, you know? But, um, yeah, so right after, he grabs all the cash in his wallet, puts it all on the table, gets <laughs> chips for it, and he fucking starts laying out the chips. I think it was a roulette table because this makes more sense. It was roulette. Yeah. He starts laying out the fucking chips all over the table, like probably $4,000 on this hand. And he fucking – the spin rolls – he loses everything. Right in front of me and Sill. We look at each other. Just, he gets up. He's like, ah, boys, fuck it. Let's go smoke a cigar. And I'm just looking at Sill. I'm like, are we – did we just witness that? Like, are, is this for real? Are you kidding me right now? Like, he could have walked out with four grand. This guy probably wouldn't even have known his wallet's gone. But <laughs> Yeah, now looking back on it, we were kind of stupid not to have taken that money. Because yeah. the fucking Chino wanted anyways, so. Yeah, exactly. Fucking give it to the Chino or give it to Sill and Sank on the cruise. I'm sure we would have had a lot more fun with it. Um, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, getting back to my other one. It was my third year. We're sitting at the roulette table. And it's me, Corpy, uh, Cujo. Princey, we're we're on a heater too. Like everyone's winning, we're all winning. And this point, like we're starting to draw a crowd, and like people are coming, like people from that we don't even know, and we're like, oh fuck, like this is kind of sick, whatever. We're we're kind of crushed too. We're sitting at the table, kind of crushed, and we um. So the oh, I, I fucking lost my train of thought there for a second. Someone fucking outside my window there, but um yeah. So we're all betting. And at this point, Corpy's like probably 10 out of 10 crush, like stupidly drunk. And he starts interlocking arms with like me and Princey on either side of me. And he's going black, baby, black, baby, black, baby, black, black, baby, black, baby, black, baby, black. And then all of a sudden, like now we got our team there watching us like 13 other guys because you're only allowed in when you're 18 on it. So the younger guys are out. They're not in this. But uh, all the older guys were all huddled around this roulette table like this. And we're going black baby black baby black baby black black baby <laughs> it was like oh my god the whole casino was like if we're doing it so loud and the whole casino is like stopping what they're doing and they're looking at us like these guys are fucking idiots but we corpy ended up winning a lot of money like we were just at one point they were just throwing out chips and it was crazy what a what an experience that was just playing for essex and going on those three cruises man like i wouldn't take it for the world like i mean you uh getting cut in that first year from Amsburg is so so like at the time I'm thinking fuck like I'm not that good blah 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 but fuck dude what a blessing like I just I made so many friendships and I had so many memories in Essex that I wouldn't trade anything for it like fucking unbelievable 
All right. Well, Sanko, thank you very much for coming on with us. I appreciate you again, taking the time out of your day to come on episode and uh, look forward to maybe seeing you again as a guest host one time. All fucking right, boys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Take care. Thanks. Talk to you, Josie. Bye. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Through my veins, wake up in the morning, think of the game. We don't do it, we don't do it for the fame. We just do it, we just do it for the game. When we play, yeah, you know we shut it down. Hit the ice all day until the sun is down. All the bunnies looking when we come around. Yeah, yeah, you know that we run the town. My life started on the R ice. Long days and lots of long nights. This is my sacrifice. They don't know what it's a law like. This is junior hockey law life. Welcome to junior hockey life. <laughs>